You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at greenlitpodcast.com and patreons.com slash spirithunterpod, respectively. And welcome to the season two, episode 45 of the Spirit Hunters. This is Megan, Patrick, Hannah, and Sarah. Um, last time, we celebrated Kurapika's birthday by covering chapter zero of the manga and live reacting to the 2013 movie, Hunter x Hunter Phantom Rogue. This week, we'll cover the first episode of Greed Island Arc and go over the influences for this arc. You better get ready. I'm really surprised we none of us brought up the Moulin Rouge reference during that entire movie. It was just Yu-Gi-Oh! weird. Ah, now that you say it, I should have thought, like, oh, when, when are they going to show, like, Christina Aguilera <laughs> in Ooh, the movie Pop-Out? <laughs> Nen is the girl's best friend. Yeah, I'm surprised no one did the Moulin Rouge pun. But next next time we'll do it. We'll do a viewing of Moulin Rouge, except it has hunter characters in it. Yeah, we'll like painstakingly draw all the, we'll like rotoscope all the characters with hunter hunter clothes on. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's get into episode fifty nine. Bid and haste in Japanese. Seri to aseri. It was originally released in Japan on December 16th, 2012. The equivalent manga chapters are 121 through 124, which were released in Japan on June 18th, 2001. The equivalent 1999 episodes are 71 through 73, which were released in Japan on February 5th, 2003. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so the episode starts out with the first day of the auction. Uh, we see Gon and Kilwa looking quite spiffy in their tuxes, and Vizeth Pyle is there, and he's pointing out their target. It is Baratara. Uh, he is an old guy with lots of money who very much loves a certain video game called Creed Island. It's almost like Kaiba, except... Instead of a video game, it's card or set of cards. It's a video game. Yes, and it, it was funny because he was being interviewed by that one lady. So it, I didn't know if it, he's like a big shot or because he's a celebrity or just because he's a really rich billionaire. I think it's probably the the really rich billionaire that made him a celebrity. Mm. Kind of like the Kardashians, except not as cool i guess i think i hate that i know this but the kardashians were just upper middle class before they (laughs) became mega rich wait really no they had to be bigger because like the no they were upper middle class in terms of california with the kardashian the father becoming huge because of oj but they weren't like millionaires they, like, they were millionaires, but not, like, millionaires. They like, were probably almost millionaires, but they weren't, like, actual millionaires at the time. Because they 
like if you oh my god if you watch like really early seasons they just had a big house they didn't have a mansion so like <laughs> i have they're, to, they're I have upper, to google they're this upper middle class in california standards yes so like they Which were they, yeah. rich Tightly if they moved right. out they'd be millionaires like if they moved out of the state they probably would be yes right but Wait, with like california costs they probably still needed a million just to get basic rent in calabasas or wherever yeah. it is yeah we <laughs> hold on wait no robert kabashian's net worth according to this random website was 30 million. Oh, oh really oh, dang like, um, yeah, they were rich they were definitely not they were way higher than upper middle class i think it's uh, just okay they didn't Maybe, i don't think they flaunted it the same way they, they do now because like that's their brand maybe you're right yeah i i mean this is based on like clips i never fully watched the kardashians this is based on clips but anyways episode is now named uh keeping up with the batarians yeah <laughs> the, but who's the bat- who's a batarian Bata- batara oh, batara oh. dude Batarian is an alien species in Mass Effect. <laughs> oh, well, I that just works. I finally finished it like uh, a week ago, so it's still fresh in the mind. I, I really need to play that game. But uh, let's uh, let's continue on with the uh, n- next notes of sadness. So, uh, Karapika finally wakes up after two whole days of snoozing, and he asks... Um, Liario and Melody, what happened uh, while he was out? And a lot has happened. Squala is dead. His girlfriend, Eliza, is inconsolable. And their scarlet eyes were stolen. But gone in Kilo, okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's it's, that. It's like- it's it's kind of like when you like leave like you like oh I'll put my phone down and then five bajillion things happen and it's like oh dang it no I feel I feel bad yeah like, every time you like put your phone away or you go down or or you or, like go somewhere and then like you come back and everything's just in chaos yeah oh, yeah like uh, much. the gift with the community Troy coming back with the pizza <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much what what it is with with uh with Karapika. yeah. Although Karapika kind of caused a lot of the things, like his actions were the emotions were a lot of the bad things to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. But we got to keep we had to go easy on Karapika. It's, it, he he just got done with a traumatic experience, and he could keel over and die any second. That's true. That's true. And. So we are back at the auction, and the bid war for Greed Island begins. Uh, There's a quick demonstration to show how the console that it's in is indestructible. Um, They literally have someone take a huge mallet and try hitting it, and it... And when it it doesn't actually damage the console, instead it just creates like this huge crater in the ground, but the console itself is perfectly fine and you can see that there's men surrounding it um the auctioneer points out that it is only indestructible if there is someone already inside playing it dang are you sure it just wasn't like nintendo 64 levels of engineered i mean 
Maybe that was like you know, like you know how how like the N sixty four is like indestructible. You can just drop it and drop CRTs on it and different things, and it just doesn't break. That's true. I remember kind of throwing around our brother's N sixty four, and it was that thing was sturdy. (laughs) Smash Brothers go a little bit too uh, get a little bit too uh, heated. More like I wanted the chance to play and I wasn't allowed. And then my feelings were expressed in a more physical way. <laughs> By chucking like, the right. console halfway across the house. If, if you can't play it, nobody else can. But uh, you, joke's you on you. Smash Brothers? Well, how would I smash this, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I just Jeez. pictured you. What is, who's the guy who says brother? Who's the wrestler who says brother all the time? Is Hulk that, Hogan? The, yeah. Oh, he's any racist now. <laughs> Um, uh, he's always been racist. You know, but, he's always been racist. Yeah. But what, what's um, yeah? Let's digress. I just pictured um, you as Hulk Hogan, but like as a child, <laughs> like, <laughs> just just flexes and just all the muscle. It's like yeah. whoa, real bulging right there. Like, <laughs> uh, and so the there is actually already guy inside the game. Um, his name is Jade Sari. He's the one who actually signed off the contract that it c- the game could be auctioned off. Um, the contract explains that if no one has cleared the game by the specified date, um, even if he and the seven other players are still inside the game, the seven copies in their consoles can be auctioned off so that way other hunters can get a chance. Um, there are already two players who lost the game so they're dead in real life so that's the catcher um and despite all this there is a huge amount of people who want great island um so are yeah. yeah can it i've never been to an auction before but i've always seen it in tv and it's always really fun <laughs> to see how how high people will go? I've I've been to a couple before. My uh my uncle and aunt used to used to collect a bunch of really rare memorabilia and stuff, mm-hmm. and they'd always take me along once in a while. It was pretty fun. Uh, I think the craziest thing they did buy though was like it was like five thousand dollars for the signed uh it was a signed uh picture of uh, Muhammad Ali and the four Beatles in a ring. That's they paid like. Cool. Yeah, it was it was really neat, but uh, I can never afford that shit. So, but uh, oh, I also oh Barrett also Jackson, did, uh, video, huh? Oh, let's say I thought you were gonna say Barrett Jackson as another auction, just like that's oh, like yeah. a car auction that's pretty much open to the public here in Arizona and across yeah. the country. But yeah, it's really good. I, I like going there, but it's man, I really like like all the cars. Like they they sold a. I guess a, a man. That's gonna be bad for the show. Uh, type a Type R, a Honda Type R, and those things usually retail MSRP for thirty six k. But they had a special edition one that like went for like eighty k or something crazy. But Whoa. it was a special edition, but and it was to benefit the um, uh, the Paul Walker Foundation. Oh, usually they don't even have any. Like it's not to benefit anybody. It's literally just so. <laughs> People can make money off their cars, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think the Paul Walker Foundation like teamed up with them a few couple of years ago. Okay, and they just uh, helped raise money. That Honda, that makes sense. That sounds like a, a Fast and Furious car. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, I would never pay that much. I would never play like that much for a Civic as we much as I do like my Civic. We don't make that much money to even. <laughs> I don't know. Even if I had that much money, I would Civic buy like a, a used I'd car. Buy, like, a, 
I'd buy like a like a GTR or something, man. But you know, people some people just like that status, you know. Yeah, a lot of people collect cars around here. I don't even know if they drive them around. And when they do drive them, I get scared because they're so small sometimes. Like the older cars are like, they look like toy cars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Roaming around the streets of like Scottsdale. Yeah. uh, I know a guy that has a, uh, it's called a a Suzuki Cappuccino. And he tells (laughs) me that that basically he had to put a roll bar in so that way if it ever rolled over, he would be less dead. Oh my gosh! How that yeah? Because if you roll terrifying. roll over in that car, you're literally gonna die. Ugh. So yeah, uh, fun fact: don't drive a K car on the, on the highways unless you really, really are looking to die, or at least wear a helmet or five. But anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> auctions are fun. I would go go to them if you can because they're kind of interesting. Uh, they have the they have this the symbol stuff. We'll go into the manga notes, but we'll go get there when we get there. But uh, Yes, let's uh, continue on and see what's going on in the anime. So the auction finally ends with Patera winning the bid. Uh, he wins for 30.5 billion Jenny, beating Dang. out everyone else, including our good buddy Maluki. <laughs> I cracked that's up a, when I that's saw a- him. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Our good buddy Maluki, you know, our best friend. Yeah, who we've been following for so long in the manga. <laughs> he freaking free asked his dad for a small loan of three hundred billion jenny, or no, no, there's like twenty billion jenny, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have he could have gotten ten. He had ten more than he would have won. Yeah. Oh. Um. So. Patera himself um, is not a gamer, but he is hiring professional hunters to play it. So Gon and Kilua volunteer their services to play Greed Island in his seed. Patera, uh, he turns them down at first um, since his console and copy only have only has one memory card, so that can allow one player. But he then changes his mind when Gon Kilawa mentioned having a memory card and the ring from Jing. So I think it's something. Yeah, with I was a actually wondering did he did, did oh sorry uh, did when they sold it did they have I wasn't sure did they sell it with an extra ring or did they sell the game copy itself? I think they um, sold the game copy with yeah. the console and it only had one memory card. So um, like. Yeah, so basically there were, they had multiple console like the game, the bid itself was on I think both a memory card and the console but um like obviously there was more slots to have more memory cards so mm. and I guess the memory card is the the conduit the vessel for the player so that's why I think he was okay with both Gon and Kiloa um since, I gotcha. yeah like, they had the multi-tap extension thingy, so that way you can insert more than one memory card to have multiple players play off the same console, if I understood it correctly. Yeah, I, I believe so. I just wasn't sure if they sold the ring with if, – if this ring was included or they had to – yeah, because – I'm, I'm guessing no, though, because they said he only had one ring, right? Yeah, yeah. But gotcha. The, 
Yeah. So with Gon and Kilo having their own, that um, makes some potential candidates. But first, Patera asks, Segura? Oh, man. What a name. Tezgera. Tezgera. Um, who is an experienced player of Greed Island to examine um, Gon and Kilowa's run level and see if they have what it takes to play the game. Uh, they both fail the test because their nun is too weak, um, so they wouldn't be able to survive. They do have a second chance um, to prove their worth because Tezgero is screening potential players um, on the final day of the auction before re-entering the game himself. Just gotta, just gotta make sure they got got what it takes to survive the video game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good that they're not going, they're testing to see if they can do it. They're not, like, going in blind like the kids in Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be interesting, though, if if, uh, if we had uh, Jack Black, uh, The Rock, <laughs> um, uh, what's his name, the other guy? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart and <laughs> uh, the lady from Doctor Who all go in and try to fight, and be, play Greed Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Just as long as Daniel Radcliffe's Radcliffe is the main villain of it, I'm good. Oh, he's the main villain. I no, really if he forgot. was, uh, he's not. He's not in the show. I'm, I, I just like. I just try to think of a person off the top of my head. I think he would actually enjoy that kind of role. He's been doing a lot of interesting. He done out so many interesting stuff after Harry Potter. Like why not? Yeah, add, I do want to uh, see that that villain. one movie the the one where he has his the guns glued to his hand. Oh, I haven't even heard of that one. That sounds crazy. It's like Gunkata or something. <laughs> it, it, it's on Amazon. It was really bad, but I want to watch it just because it looks so dumb. But uh, but anyways, let's talk about some was it the the uh, the nin abilities and oh, sorry what gun kill leave with the auction. Yes. So, or did they go ahead? Um. So they actually do show them leaving and saying like, "We're gonna show you. We are gonna get so strong. Our nen is gonna be super tough." And <laughs> <laughs> they start with figuring out like we need to create our own special nen abilities. But as they're leaving, Finks uh, and Phaeton show up and they decide, "Oh, we're gonna play Greed Island too." How but how are they gonna get a copy since they were at the auction? Uh, they steal it, of course, and I was a little confused because the bodyguards that they steal Greed Island from look a lot like the bodyguards of Patera, but I wasn't sure. If you, did you guys notice that? Um, I think I think it was somebody else that bought the game, but uh, I do like how underplayed it is. Finks and Phaeton literally murdered the shit and and of these guys and blew up their car and stole the console. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they literally killed like, like, yeah, I- each other, and it cut to them with the car blown up. The guys on the floor dead as hell, and them running around to the consoles. Like, yeah, we're just gonna steal it. We're we're thieves. That's what we do. Part of me thinks. I remember hearing say like, oh, the old dude got nine out of the ten copies that were on sale or something like that. Oh, I yeah. think I think or I could be making that up in my head and he they just killed his men, which is totally fine because I'm pretty sure he got all of the games or most of the games systems. Right. Yeah. 
Because because I, I remember I thought he he missed a copy or something, but but e- either way they kill the shit out of them and uh, yeah um my thing is why did they even show up to the auction in the first place like I mean I I guess but it's like it's it's like shitting where you eat right that's true is that the terminology like, yeah because they they revealed their faces now so if there well, was someone who saw them stealing I don't think they care. <laughs> I don't think they care. Uh, Maybe they did it to scope out who would actually end up with the. Maybe it was it's easier to steal, like outside. you know, outside of the uh, vaults and stuff. So uh, they were just using the they were there at the auction to scope out the details, like who got it and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, it is kind of weird that they like. I didn't even think of that because I remember they showed their faces and the bodies all over the news. So it's like, why would they like show up with their faces when they're all well known? It's like, it's like, what are they gonna think? Oh, they kind of look like them. And it's like they look like, like literally they're wearing they're I wearing mean, pretty much like it's weird. I, I, when I think about it, like, okay, we have America's Most Wanted list, right? It's just out yeah. there. Do you know? Would you recognize any of those people? Like, well, I think I don't know. I, th- I think Osama people. bin Laden had a pretty pretty recognizable face. But I, I don't know what he Big looks Con like. I know his name. Banks are the least distinguishable, yeah, compared to like Franklin or Crow himself, mm-hmm. or even Machi because yeah. of their hair color. That's yeah, true. I, I suppose they look so. like and, normal. Fo- like I didn't even recognize Finks when he was undisguised in like that suit a couple episodes ago. The first time I watched it, like before they had the reveal and he put on his like little hat thing, didn't yeah. didn't notice him. And, and I think we're thinking this in terms of anime protag. If this was real life, like even if they cosplayed it, I don't think we would notice like, like maybe like some like like one of us like wear like an actual human being wearing that and be like, oh hey, this is the the guy that killed that killed all these people and his body was on the internet. We'd be like, oh, it kind of looks like that, or it looks vaguely enough the same. Yeah, I think they probably were lucky that. Finks and Phaeton were the, I guess, the most generic looking out of everyone. Um, and probably the most skilled in terms of being subtle about their movements. So it, it worked out in the end. Um, they bring yeah. their stolen copy of Greed Island to the hideout and use the multi-tap so that they can both enter the game. And that's yeah, that's pretty funny. It's, it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> just playing a game. Don't mind us. Oh, yeah, because everyone's just like, what's that? <laughs> Screwed yeah, Island? Yeah, it's like, you want to play? No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do they really know, like, what was what would happen? Or they, like, what is their, maybe I missed it. If What's their motivation of playing it? I think it's revealed later on. But I honestly, I think they literally just got it just as a curiosity. I don't really think... They, because yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a spoiler to say, but I think uh, there might be a reason for it. But I'm thinking it might just be like, yeah, we just wanted to play it, it's just like, so uh, we can win the prize and get those items. That's true. Like, oh, our boss is you know <laughs> powerless at the moment. We're bored. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, what else are we gonna do? Go steal more things? Just, they're just a bit busy. Got to cut them some slack. They want some off time. They just like, they just like mow down half a population. <laughs> so tired. Like, you gotta, like, exactly. Let them kick back a little bit. Let them rest. There's a, a tiring job. 
That's true. That's true. I'm being judgmental. <laughs> Stop uh, being judgmental. These they're hard workers, not really, and they <laughs> deserve the breaks that they get. That's true. But are they as hardworking as Gon and Kilua? So switching back to them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice they, transition. <laughs> nice segue. Appreciate it. They are training, uh, trying to figure out um, ways to strengthen their Nen. They decide that trying to book um, with their own Hatsu or special attack uh, would be the best way to go. Kiloa already has an idea in mind and starts his own training while gone, like doesn't have a clue like the poor guy is <laughs> is going through every possible idea it it was like watching him in my brain hurt because <laughs> he couldn't think of anything and you can clearly see the struggle the struggle is real it is very real it felt like a gone i don't know because he's so young and it, it would be in middle school it felt like whenever i was in middle school and had to do something like creative writing yeah that's that's pretty much that. me and everything i do even right now it's just gone <laughs> like having the smoke coming from his ears that's just me Yes, and then, but Kilo, on the other hand, he is training, basically, he just takes a taser and electrifies himself and uses that as a spark to come up with this Nen-based, or electricity-based Nen attack. I thought it was pretty cool, but he also kind of reminded me of Pikachu a little bit, just because he's so <laughs> yeah. cute. The good yeah. old Kilichu. Oh, Kilichu! <laughs> Gosh, there's so many title names, titles of these things we can go with. I don't even know. It's just ridiculous. But I really like Killichu, though. Killichu's big movie. <laughs> it's super cute. I gotcha. Or uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, let's yeah. What's uh, what's Killichu? Sorry, what's Karapika up to though? Oh, Karapika, he shows up um, and tells Gon about his own training and how he was able to come up with his own specialized attack. And he basically was able to come up with these things by living, breathing and loving chains 24 seven, 36, five days a week. Uh, it's like that SpongeBob thing. I want, you got to date, you got to date the, got to date this, the chain. You got to yeah. kiss the chain. You got to eat the chain. Yeah. yeah. The loving is very interesting. <laughs> No, but that was basically, they showed like a little montage of his training. He was literally touching chains. He was sleeping with chains next to him. And the, and then he, when he, and then the last part of his training, he took the physical chains away and then he hallucinated chains. And that's how he was able to turn those hallucinations into Nen or something like that. He just wanted his chains back. He's like, I just want my chains. I like touching them. Also, yeah. is it weird that I just pictured Killua with a giant, like, gold necklace, like, chains, like, Flava Flav? <laughs> I'm sure he would probably sport that, to be honest. Maybe with some jewels on it, because I feel like he likes to bedazzle it, make it a little classy. Get some get some red, uh, red ruby, uh, like, dressings on that. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. 
So, Gon asks Kurapika if he can help mentor him in his training, but Kurapika actually has to leave with his boss tomorrow. Um, even though he's still worried about the spiders, um, since the Fandu Troop haven't shown themselves in this in the past few days, Kurapika figures that they've probably left York new. Uh, <laughs> unbeknownst to him, they have not, and Gon doesn't really correct him on that assumption either. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, best not to best not to set Kurapika off right now. Yeah, that's true. I was like, oh, I thought Gon would tell him, you know, be a bro, but in a way, maybe telling not telling him is the better bro move. How's he gonna react? Like, oh yeah, we saw them there. We didn't do anything though. We just we just chilled and uh, we just chilled and like went to the after party with them. Got got a few keggers, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it maybe on Gon's like um, benefit. I think that's a good sign of like maybe character development because like he's usually just so you gotta be just upfront. You gotta just tell Lady how it is and. Maybe that's a little bit of, like, growth in his part. I don't know. But it was, like, I don't know. We don't need another arc of Karapika searching for vengeance. No, yeah, Not I yet. Make a good it's point, too fresh. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we won't get that for quite I a guess, while. I guess, like, a gut yeah, reaction. We really won't yeah. get that for a long while. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, spoilers. This is probably the last time you're going to be seeing Karapika. Yeah. Just saying. Pretty much. Dang. Enjoy it. I'll miss his theatrics. <laughs> he was so Don't worry, they'll be they'll be they'll be a little bit sprinkled throughout the show, but you know, I want to get my hopes up on seeing him with a, a whole arc being emo and angry. Uh, so, uh, Karapika um, tells Gon that he should probably ask his own Nen master about um, the best ways to train. So Gon, he gives Wing a call and asks him about Hatsu and special abilities. Wing tells him that enhancers actually don't need to have special abilities since they're the most balanced um, in terms of both offense and defense. Just mastering Ren and Ten would be special abilities in themselves. However, that would take a long time. Gon doesn't have that time. He's only got four days. He's on a deadline here. Um, and Wing is like, calm down. Like, you shouldn't try to be like Kurapika and you need to do your own thing. You just have to be yourself. Um, Gon, he asks Wing to just give him any more hints. And Wing tells him that the next time he does screening, that he should try showing them everything that he's learned all at the same time. And so Gon, with that in mind, starts his training. After some struggling and some inner reflection, he realizes that all the training and fighting that he's done before has made him stronger. And so when he uses Gyo, he can see his Nen and he's able to concentrate it to form what's basically like a like a power fist. Um, it kind of reminded me of that move from Yusuke when he came back from Genkai's training. Oh, like, like the like, spirit shotgun? Yeah, yeah or spirit exactly. bomb. Yeah, because he's able to concentrate all the power into like a single um, 
fist. And while he gone was able to do that, he wasn't actually to able to release it successfully. He actually kind of exploded on him and knocked him down. But you know what? A new ability is a new ability. He just needs time to perfect it. And yeah. And so, and Kila was also making good headway on his own special ability. He's able to turn his electric power from a little spark into something that's going to be really powerful. I wonder if he'll get a, a certain move that's a, and he'll call it the electric slide. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, look at these two kids. They are growing up so fast, even though um, it's not like, like they truly want to get this fast or this powerful this quickly. They kind of have to, but yeah. Yeah, growing up so fast, Kill repeatedly tasing himself and uh, gone just trying to get a lot of energy in his fist to punch things. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, pretty much. Just clean things. Puberty. What are you going to yes. do about it? <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing when I was younger, you know, just taste myself repeatedly. Yeah, punch punch the wall a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much, uh, pretty much my childhood. Yikes. Anyways, <laughs> uh, why don't we move on to the manga notes after that big sadness? All right, so uh, in the manga, it starts starts off auctioning literal shit, like they're they're literally auctioning off shit. And I don't think they have this in the the anime where um, it basically they're they're auctioning off a fossilized uh, Dedrosaurus dropping. It's so detailed. And it's the first, it's the first item of the auction. It's very detailed. I don't. Tagashi spent time on that. <laughs> like oh, he like yeah. really drew the poop. Is it like the poop from um? Zelda Breath of the Wild, where like once you collect all the Kurok seeds, you get like literally his piece of shit. It looks <laughs> just like, like rocks. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tagashi's probably was trying to draw something out of Naruto, but kind of messed up a bit. Oh, it kind of looks like a beef, like, I don't know, like beef jerky, but like a really big. A beef Chocolate Wellington. A beef Wellington. <laughs> oh, food wars. Gross. More like, more like butt Wellington, am I right? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Yummy, yummy. All right. Um, it also shows the meaning of the hand signals for the bidding. When it's not really explained in the anime, it just sort of assumed it's bidding motions. They're actually missing. So I'll go through them real quick. So with all five fingers up, it's double the bid. Mm. Uh, with two of the fingers down with like three in the middle. It is one million. Two fingers is, is 100,000. One fingers is 10,000. Uh, thumbs up is same as the previous bid. Uh, three fingers towards the end is five million. Two fingers towards the end is is five hundred thousand, and then one fing one finger, I believe it's either the pinky or the the index it's finger. The index this finger. Way, that it way, just, it's between it's palm flipped, facing yeah. forward and like the yeah. back of your hand. Yeah. So so the five million five hundred thousand and fifty thousand are all palms facing facing backwards. So it's the knuckle. You're seeing the knuckle. Well, the top ones are with the with the hand out. Uh, they actually missed two of them. It's the when it has all the fingers down. It's the middle finger when somebody outbids you, and then all fingers down uh, with your thumb clenched when you meet them in the parking lot to throw hands because they outbidded you. <laughs> nice. And yes, I've seen both of those happen in an auction before. Oh and my yes, God. it was very entertaining. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Yeah, people with auctions get get heated. Like I remember my aunt getting a shouting match this lady over this item she won because they like argued for like ever like leaving it. It was pretty bad. Uh, as the auction was honest. going on, <laughs> this was like outside of the auction house. When oh, okay, because I feel like if they argued right in the middle of it, dang, that'd be pretty bad. I mean, that has happened with other people though. The auctions pre- can get pretty heated sometimes. Ooh. I'll be real honest. Other than Bear Jackson, the only time I ever see an auction is like at Dave and Buster's, where they have like the charity silent auctions, where you just like write down your name and your email and like a bid, and if no oh, one beats yeah. you by the end of the day, you get it. Um, not as exciting, but like I guess you can buy stuff for exorbitant amounts of money still. <laughs> yeah, they have some specialty auctions. Uh, I know I went through a couple Beatles ones that were pretty fun. Uh, they had a video game one uh, like a year, like a couple years ago at Game On Expo in Phoenix. That was kind of interesting. I actually got in a bidding war with my friend over a Pokemon promotion standee, but I, I amicably ended it because he really did want it. But I felt bad Aww. for 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 outbidding him though all the time. But it was fun. It was all in good fun. We all shook yeah. hands and it was still cool. But man, I really wanted that Pokemon standee. Well, it was nice of you to Damn, give it I up. That. <laughs> I'll, I'll just break into his house and steal it, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the manga has the rich guy, Batera, saying how many copies he owns in the manga. When I don't think that he specified in the show, basically in the manga, he said, I own 32 cartridges, including the one, the one I won today. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing he won, wins all the 10 through, 10 of them throughout the auction. Well, this one on the first day, it just shows him win just this one. So, uh, dang, that guy's a big collector. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm surprised there's 32. That seems very a lot for a game that seems very rare. I think there's yeah. only about 50 copies or something, so he owns, like, the majority of them. Dang, uh, okay. Wow. You know, it's actually kind of funny. I actually was actually in an auction for a one of a kind video game last last week. So this actually this actually fits. So um, there's a game on Dreamcast called Castlevania Resurrection, which is an unreleased Dreamcast game that was uh, it was it, uh, they canceled at the last second. And I was in the running for a bid with a couple other people to try to buy it so I can dump the game so everyone could sort of play it and preserve it. Uh, unfortunately, the bids got crazy. I think we maxed out AK. It ended up going like all the way over to it. It stopped. It's ended at twenty k, and he pulled down the auctions for quote unquote legal reasons, which I'm assuming the legal reasons were that it uh, that he didn't want to pay taxes on it because that's going to be like a one point five k tax in California at the minimum. And he ended up, I believe, selling it to a private collector for fifty k. I think. Well, well, damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so um, more than likely we're never going to see that game ever again, and the chance of ever playing it is null to zero, so that sucks. Um, also, the, the the week before that, they auctioned off the uh, Super Mario Brothers original sealed let's graded for about $500,000. No, it was $600,000 that it auctioned off for. So yeah, um, big spenders in the video game collecting circle for sure. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, sorry about that that tangent. I just thought it was interesting and kind of relevant to the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on, um, it, goes, uh, it goes into more info on how far Tazgara has really gotten. 
were saying he got about 80% through the game. And it, the only reason he said because he hasn't been efficient. And that sounds like a cop-out to me. Sounds like the guy's a bit of a noob at it and is like making excuses. Maybe he yeah. just keeps oh, on I'm just not getting, efficient uh, with it. Maybe he's just keep, he just keeps on doing every little side quest that's given to him. <laughs> <laughs> but not You're the like, main I'm quest. Com- I'm a completionist. I need to play all of it. <laughs> That's how I, I mean, that's what I would do. Like, oh, I could do a main quest, but it's kind of stressing me out. So I'm just going to do the side quest. <laughs> or I'm going to go, uh, I'm um, just resource hoarding <laughs> for like 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's probably exactly what he was doing. <laughs> just trying to get all those side quests down. But um, besides besides those changes, the only there is some really cool art. One of really cute one of uh of Melody on the bottom here. If you guys see that, I'll post it on the Facebook page. By the way, yeah, well, really she, cute. She looks so cute. Um, there's also the uh, also I like this is kind of the guide for all the 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 things for for um for Nen. So Ten Zetsu and Ren. Where 10 is, contains the life energy leaking outside the body. Zetsu, shutting off the aura by closing the nodes. And then Ren, open the nodes wide for maximum aura production. So I kind of liked it because it helped me sort of keep track of these. Because I'm, in all honesty, I watched the show almost three times at this point, And I still, and I'm still, I still get confused with this stuff. Yeah, no, that's a good, like, reminder. Especially since it's been, like, what, 20 five episodes since the heavens arena arc so we definitely have i've definitely forgot about what goes into nen versus just thinking yeah it's nen it's just nen you know but yeah yes it's it's good Mm -hmm. that little drawing of (laughs) going at the end is super cute (laughs) yeah i like that too it's it's like this little hmm should have like the 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 steam coming out of his ears though, but oh my I gosh. guess that's fine. Yeah, thinking too hard. <laughs> Definitely me. Yeah, it almost how it's drawn. It kind of gives me like Calvin and Hobbes vibes. Just mm-hmm. the, the simple. You know, I like, thought the same face. thing. Weirdly enough, yeah, that would be so cute. <laughs> I don't know who would be. Um, I guess. The Hobbs is the tiger, right? Yeah. Maybe we are. I think I think Killer would have to be have to be Hobbs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Killer would have to be Hobbs, but just like short in a in not a not a tiger. There's gonna be art on the art for that online somewhere. There's definitely gonna have some existing. Oh, there is actually there is. Oh, really? But the thing is that it's just it's just all the characters dressed up as uh dressed up as looks with that same facial thing. They don't have anybody as the tiger oh. person. I'll put in the chat on the side over here. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that didn't work. But but anyways, um, I I guess so. Uh, what do you guys think of these episode? I guess this episode. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. It was, like, a little um, slow in the beginning, but I really like the part with um, the whole, like, going back to the basics with, like, Gorunkiwa trying to figure out 
their inane abilities because especially after seeing Karapika and like the crazy stuff he did with the chains and also like uh, uh, Machi and like the other phantom um, the phantom troop what they did like it going back to like I would arguably say the main protagonist how they're gonna use Nen it like it was a good setup you know because they haven't really done much with it they're just kind of strong kids at this point they're just really strong and they just punch things very hard yeah pretty much yeah for sure I I agree it was slow but I think it was necessary as you know the after the end of York New, so much has happened. Um, but now it's a it kind of had to reset the story to like shift the focus back to God and Kilua and originally why they even traveled to York New. And now that they've been exposed to even more really strong fighters with different Nen abilities and got to actually talk one-on-one with someone who had a crazy special Nen ability like Rapika. Now it's like, okay, we, we got to step up our game so we can play the game. Play the game and get, get ripped. There's like Jojo pro tags in the first five minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, I'm really excited for this. I, uh, I, I, guess, I guess spoilers. I watched it. I, I've watched this arc about two times at this point, mm-hmm. and it's really good. I've really enjoyed enjoyed watching it. It was a ton of fun to watch, and I would definitely say it's probably one of my favorite arcs. I don't know if it's my top top favorite, but it was really good. I mean, uh, Megan, what uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is something that I watched it probably like four or five times at this point, right? Yeah, I was talking to that with Tommy about this. Um, I think I've this is like my sixth or so time watching it through. Um, like the first three times pretty organically, just because, or maybe four times organic, like just because, and then the last mm-hmm. two, like it's been because like I've been when I take notes, I have to watch something like twice sometimes. Um, but yeah, this is it. It picks up pretty. I forget how kind of well it flows back and forth between, like the different arcs and then combines like the different storylines together in ways that kind of actually make sense, you know, like why everyone's together or why um, you'll see certain people with certain other people later down the line. Um, uh, but yeah, I actually really like this, this little kind of intro into the next um, arc. Those are the words. <laughs> yeah. That's the, yep. But yeah, no, I, I had a lot of definitely had a lot of fun watching it, watching this one. Uh, it is a bit slow, though I admit, but I still think I that had enough in it to keep me interested for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Gotcha. Anybody have any other thoughts before we move on to the research portion? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if there's anything I was confused about. I think covered it because my main confusion was how. I guess the number of copies that were available. Um, but I guess in the anime, between the anime and what they said in the manga, it seems very much, very different. But yeah, you know. I, I'm, I think it, the things that I'm, I'm thinking that it might just show on the first day mm-hmm. and that the rest of the copies he bought were over the course of like the entire auction days because they're probably doing like a oh. game a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's my in, thoughts on it. In the manga, they meet Barata 
not on the first day of the auction, but later. Yeah, like maybe it's uh, it's he bought multiple copies throughout the auction. Okay. So like he bought like one one day, one the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he said he only bought one copy in the manga, unless they changed that. Yeah. But I'm unsure at this point. I would hate to be a uh, a uh like an opponent bidder <laughs> when he's around. Like I don't have, I wouldn't have enough money. I mean, Maluki couldn't. And he's looking yeah. from like a rich assassin family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's like money. if you convert the billion into like let's say that was in like let's say Zenny is or what is it? Yeah, yen. Jenny is yen. Yeah, like let's pretend those two things are and like those are one to one. What three thirty billion is still what thirty million dollars US? Or am I doing that wrong? Three hundred million dollars US, something like that. Let me check. If you convert, just take the two last zeros off. I can't do mental visual math. If you take two yeah. zeros off of thirty billion, how much is that? Three hundred million? No. I think three hundred or three billion. Mil- yeah, three hundred million. Thirty million. It's definitely more it's than about, three it's about billion. Right. Which which <laughs> one is it? Yeah, but that's still like what thirty million dollars. <laughs> 33 billion? I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the it's it's like almost like yeah, it's mega expensive. But uh but anyways, um I suppose we'll move on. Uh on. Let me do that. Alright, so before we move on, here's a word from our compatriots and benefactors. Hey there, this is Jeremy Parrish, and if you're a fan of classic video game soundtracks, or if you just love 20-minute rock epics about war-ready armadillos that battle Catholicism, you should listen to Alexander's Ragtime Band. Join the power trio of myself, Elliot Long, and James Eldred each month as we talk about the most pretentious music of all, progressive rock, right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, hi. I was just shoveling more red-hot takes into the old Hardcore Gaming 101 opinion furnace. Shaq-Fu has some redeeming qualities. There's a lot of video game podcasts out there, but only HG 101 has the code Jones to objectively, definitively, scientifically rank the top games of all time. No, it's definitely pronounced Co Jones. HG 101's top games, twice a week, every week, right here on Greenland. All right, welcome back, and uh, right now we're gonna, sorry, welcome back, and now we're going to be doing the research portion of the episode and uh i i think uh, i think we talked about it and we thought it'd be really interesting to look into sort of some of the greed island influ- potential influences and some of the stuff that could that could have sort of tied into it and might have influenced other things as well so we decided to do a three three-pronged attack of research on isekais video games and card games specifically trading card games not like poker or anything like that but um, starting off, let's uh, let's talk about some isekai. So, I guess for you, for you, those of you that don't know what isekai is, uh, be surprised if you don't. Uh, isekai is a genre of shows where one character transitions to another world, or two, the characters reincarnate into another world. So, uh, an example of character transitioning to another world would be something like Digimon, Magic Knight, Ray Earth, Inuyasha, uh, things of that nature. And characters that are reincarnated would be something like uh, Konosuba, or that time I was reincarnated as a slime. Shows of that nature, in essence. So, uh, 
Uh, some examples of, like I said before, some of the examples of an Isekai genre, Digimon, Metroid, Ray Earth, Inuyasha. Uh, the best one, uh, do you know your, do you love your mom and her two hit multi-target attacks? Definitely the best one on this list, in my opinion. No, just joking. That's, that's awful. Uh, V-Zero, Konosuba, Total Recall, Dot Hack Series, Spirit Away, Fushigi, Fushigi Yugi, and many, 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 many more. We are legitimately talking about Total Recall, the, the movie. The Arnold like, The American movie, yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess it, I, at least it was popular oh, yeah. in the States, but like we're talking about the live action Total Recall. I don't know if there's a anime. Um, there should be. There probably yeah. is. I'm, I'm sure. Th- what are other things we thought would fit Isekai, even oh, if it wasn't I anime? Space okay. Jam. Space yes. Jam was a good yeah, one. Space <laughs> Jam. It was like Looney Tunes going into the human world, which is oh, technically uh, an Isekai. Is it Isekai? No, Looney Tunes back in action. Looney Tunes back in yes. action. Um, oh, Sonic X. I almost forgot about that. It turns into an Isekai halfway through that series. Yeah. Which um, one? Sonic oh. X. Oh. Yeah. Like an American um, example, Highlander. I don't yes. know. Is that, oh, yeah, is that American though? Or is no, it No, she American or British. She, oh. That's the yeah. British the lady. Western. Yeah, she she transports into like an oldish time. I I, oh. I never watched Just Highlander. Sometimes it's oh, not cr- necessarily oh, nice. an old other world, but like an another time can count too. We're right. missing the one of the biggest ones from American mm-hmm. or British literature. Um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. dang. Oh, my oh, gosh. my God. The Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> Narnia. Of what? Narnia. Yeah. Narnia. The Magicians, which is a riff of, or like the kind of like a satire-rised version of Chronicles of Narnia for adults. Oh yes, I love the Magicians the with magicians um with Fillory. Yeah, so, like Fillory. when they mm-hmm. head into the Fillory, that's an isekai in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. If, oh my gosh, you guys you need know, to watch it and stand <laughs> Queen Margot of a Queen high, Margot. She's the best character. Anyway, she um, is. what was that? What was that one that Joe? It was like Night Night from in a New Black York Night. A black, black night. night. Yeah. yeah. A black night. Uh, I almost forgot about that. Black uh, night. <laughs> never ending turtles. story. Yeah, yeah. Never ending story. Um, oh, one I've been watching recently on Disney, The Owl House. So it's owl a part. House? Owl The Owl House. Basically, it's about this little, this teenager girl who loves fantasy and she just feels really out of place her mom sends her to summer school but instead of going to summer school she somehow ends up in this the isle of embers or something but she basically heads into this magical world and she becomes a witch's apprentice it's That's super cool this, this actually looks really good looking show? it's a disney show it's on oh, disney plus if you like gravity falls okay you're gonna like this i yeah, it's really cute. Really, in that really same cute. vein, um, Infinity Train and oh yeah, um, mm. and uh, Dragon Tales. Yeah, <laughs> yes. oh, yes. <laughs> I wish, I wish all my. Mo- um, That's so it kind of makes sense now that I think about like our childhood. I mean, like obviously these shows did not really impact Hunter. I don't think like the ones we're mentioning currently. Are you talking about Dragon Tales is all about it. I wish, I wish with all my might to fly with dragons, something, something at the Nothing. night. 
Yeah, how is that not a fucking isekai? (laughs) That is an isekai by far. They go into a world of dragons, I swear to God. But, like, it kind of, like, I don't know. This is obviously just, like, me jumping to conclusions. But, like, part of me thinks, like, a lot of the shows now that I think about we grew up with were isekai. Like, or in Mm -hmm. that same vein. I mean, it's it's longer term. Obviously, Chronicles of Narnia is much older. There's tons of other books out there that deal with you as, like, a main character. Or not you, but, like, a person that's more like you than not transporting into a new world like harry potter kind of yeah Um, i mean in a sense i mean they're side by side but right there i think there's always been this fascination of other worlds in other universes that has existed within humanity and i think with isekai specifically especially within like the last five years or so mm-hmm. it became like this very huge genre that kind of overtook the industry so yeah, yeah i guess patrick if you could start more like on the beginnings of isekai in anime specifically sure so uh i guess really the genre as it is is established really began to shape around the 1980s with shows like or or battler or battler dunbine Mashin Hero Mataru and El Hazard, which I also need to get on Laserdisc. I they they released a bunch of them in in the U.S., so I want to get a couple of those. But uh, those are some of being the earliest known examples of the established genre. And really, as it relates, actually, did you guys watch any of those ones by chance? I think I've only I'll be heard like- of El Hazard, but I never watched it. Never even heard of any of those. I'll be real honest too. Like. I gotcha. Uh-uh. Yeah, they're 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 a little older older animes, but uh, they're pretty decent. They're pretty decent. I need to watch more El Hazard. I'm gonna search for those laser discs, and I'll figure something out, something fun with that. Maybe we'll like do a stream. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. Get like my upscaler. But anyways, I digress. Uh, essentially, uh, as it relates to Hunter Hunter, Gun and Killer are transported into a vast world, hidden away in what looks to be a PS1 game disc. While it's hard to get an idea of which isekai took influence from, it definitely takes the basic idea of the arc from the genre itself of just going to a a magical world and sort of immersing yourself in that. I'm guessing a lot of it probably is more Tagashi thinking about what if I could go into Dragon Quest or go, can go into Final Fantasy. <laughs> At least is my thing. Um, the really closest thing to it is something like Do- the Dot Hack series, but the mm-hmm. first game really came out a year after the arc started. Or about mm. two years or so. So, but yeah, Dot Doc, Hack is a lot of fun. That's one of my favorite RPGs on the PS1 or PS2. Sorry, uh, did any guys ever play Dot Hack at all? No, I didn't know it was a game. I always thought it was just a show series. Yeah, oh, it's. it's yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just know about like the brother sister and like the brother always yelling at Reina. Oh, that's my. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> I think it's – I just want to say that, like, it's kind of unrelated, but, like, the isekai genre right now, um, at least as far as the ones I've seen in the past, like, five years or so, is so diluted and so, like, frustratingly um, – I don't know. like Similar? Si- yeah, they're similar, and a lot of them are spoofs, which I'm, I'm okay with. It's just – a lot of them are – I mean, it just kind of gets derivative of each oh, other yeah. and that just kind of happens. Um, you know uh, what? The new, one, the new one I've really enjoyed that really is taking it differently is High Rise Invasion, if you guys watch that at all. Oh, that's really? Did you guys watch High Rise Invasion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it's on my list. It, it, it 
it kind of looking at it it looks like it'll be interesting because i've been trying to find something that gave me the same sort of like fun stress that alice in wonder in borderlands did oh i love alice in borderland oh that's an isekai kind of oh yeah yeah Yeah, that is I'll probably watch it because High Rise. I thought High Rise was just real. It took place in one world, so I didn't think it was an isekai at all. So I'll give it a try. It seems fun. It's a it's a lot of fun. It definitely uh it definitely tr- puts the isekai thing on its head, and it's definitely one of those transporting ones. But I won't spoil anything because going in blind, it's like what the fuck is happening. But I'll have to say that I probably I think it probably has the best opening intro episode of any anime I've ever watched. It's really good, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I highly would recommend it. it. I mean, probably not the – I wouldn't say as – it's the most action-packed and fast-paced going. Like it literally – the first two minutes, it starts off the main – it starts the anime off like and goes into the deep. It doesn't like build a bunch of backstory. It gives you as much information it needs in the first two minutes, and then within the first three or four minutes, it's right into the plot of the show. It's really I, good. I, but, I like that. I can appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely recommend that to everyone here and all the viewers at home. Go go watch that one. It's on Netflix. Um, dubbed or subbed? I'm watching it dubbed just because I kind of I'm kind of kind of need a new dub anime to watch. But uh, yes. but yeah. Um, speaking of the video game stuff, uh, it's really well. We're gonna talk about really right now the video game influence on on what apparently Greed Island. Uh, it's well documented that Takashi was a massive fan of video games, particularly RPGs such as the Dragon Quest series. Classifying Greed Island itself, it would definitely be a card battle slash collecting role playing game, uh, which is basically basically like the player must collect a certain number of cards to win the game, but also has to defend themselves with the said cards that they have in that genre, either dueling people or defending themselves in certain ways. And while there really weren't a lot of games in that genre at the time, he could have found influence from the Game Boy game uh, Trade and Battle Card Hero, which. Uh, which is really about a boy that collects a ton of cards and battles several people throughout the game to be the best uh, battler, I guess. Or, And it was a Japanese-only game, so I, maybe it could have been influenced in a way. It was a couple of years before uh, Greed Island, but it also could be unrelated. And just like I said before, just Tagashi wanted to put himself in these video games. Uh, in terms of the, the setting of Greed Island, it definitely seems to be heavily RPG fantasy-focused, such as uh, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. With the one of the biggest things being uh, being the idea of towns and cities with a fantasy theme to them and with a lot of RPGs being known to have these towns where they can shop, rest, uh, power up, or even sell their equipment. And the Greed Island towns will show, off, show this off further, but it seems likely it influenced directly came from those games. But I don't know if you guys, you guys probably played RPGs before. It's like, oh, it's just in the in the little town. That's sort of what the, I guess, spoilers, the first town's going to be like mm. when they go to it. Mm-hmm. But so like, like, some, the, like a little town intro? will have like little side quests. What? Yeah, like the intro, like in, the intro town. So getting used to the game mechanics and setting the, I guess, the tone of the game. Yeah, yeah, essentially just like sort of building up like like, like new friendly city where all the the newbies go to. And a- as you go on it'll it'll show different towns with different sort of sets and designs to them. And it's really interesting. So I'm really excited for for everyone that hasn't watched it to sort of explore with us and 
at least for us that watched it before to revisit it and be like, oh, nice, I remember this. But uh, funny enough, there's actually a video game based off of the Ark of Greed Island. I initially thought it was the PS1 game Hunter Hunter Phantom of Greed Island, but that really was like a dungeon crawler and didn't seem to have anything to do with Greed Island at all, sadly. But there actually is one called Hunter Hunter Greed Island on the most famous console of all time, the Bandai Wonderswan. I know everyone here definitely has played one, right? Oh, yeah. Every night before I go to bed, I turn on my Bandai Hunter Swan. But what? Bandai uh, Wonder Swan. Wonder Swan. And, um, you know. My Bandai Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. And I I click those buttons while eating a piece of bacon, and Ron Swanson cheers me on. That's how that that system works, right, Pat? Yeah, totally. That's that's Mm -hmm. it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I doubt anybody has either heard of the Wonder Swan or played that game. So if anybody has or even owns it, hit us up on Twitter and let us know because, man, uh, it's Japanese only. So have fun with that. That mess. But yeah, it is pretty sad that there's not a lot of. You'd think that it'd be, it would be like naturally to make a game that's inspired by it. But uh, I guess maybe Tugashi wasn't biting on that one, or maybe somebody hasn't. So you you never know. Maybe uh, maybe one of us might think of the idea and steal it. But uh, yeah, keep your keep your eyes out. Um, another one that's a really big influence, of course, is card games. So. Uh, so that's going to be more of the trading card game influence, where the difference between the TCG trading card game and typical games such as poker or Texas Hold'em is the aspect of collecting several cards with intention to trade or even some cases battle with them. So did you guys play any sort of card games growing up at all or any uh, trading card games or even right now? Not particularly. I think I tried getting into Pokemon, but... No uh, one in our grade actually was doing Pokemon, so I remember, I remember we all pretended to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Like based off the like <laughs> the anime, but like I learned, you know, a couple years ago that like the rules for Yu-Gi-Oh! aren't the rules in the anime, so <laughs> uh I don't think I've ever really played a game. Uh I know Tommy plays a lot of card games and my friend's designing a card game right now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he has like card. We played it yesterday just to test it out. Um, a lot goes into that stuff. So, no, no, other than that. Um, yeah, nope. I think I did more typical card games. Um, but Hannah and I used to go to speech therapy as kids. And then one of the games that we'd play all the time was War. I was so good at that. I was like, <laughs> actually, out of curiosity, <laughs> if you're. <laughs> if you're okay with sharing, why did war help with speech therapy? I think it was just like a. I think because I could not pronounce R in the R. Oh, sound. okay. And it was also a way to kind of, I guess, give, um, just give me something interesting to do. I don't know. Do you mm-hmm. remember doing that, <laughs> Hannah? I think we had the same speech, like speech teacher. She had curly hair. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also had the also took speech therapy myself, and actually physical therapy in school as well. And I think we we played a lot of that. I think we played some Risk too. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's more like a reward after practicing. 
Oh, okay. Mm. That, like, whenever I mastered seeing squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel's a hard word. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so hard. Oh, that word, man. <laughs> I played a lot of poker when I was a child. Like, I taught all the kids in my <laughs> – like camp grade to play Texas Hold'em. So a little gambling ring at like, I don't know, I was like (laughs) 10 or something. Obviously we didn't gamble with real money, but like, did we? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Maybe quarters, but like, that's it. Uh, I don't know. Pat, did you play a lot of card games? Um, yeah, I played, uh, growing up, I played a lot of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! was my big game growing up. I played a ton of that. I actually went to competitive tournaments, and I actually got, I didn't really ever at first, I usually got second or third sometimes, but I don't want to say I was the best at it, but now the game's evolved beyond what I could probably work with. Like, there's so many different, like, mechanics that change that I'm, I'm complete garbo at it. But I play a lot of, uh, right now, I've been doing Magic the Gathering, so that's a lot of fun. I got back into that because I, I had that card game itch again. So uh, Peter and I are big uh, match. My roommate are big Magic fans. So we've been finding a lot of. We have a lot of friends that that also inadvertently play that. So we're hoping to get like a game night set, set up together to play that. But yeah, if you guys ever want to learn how to play some card games, let me know. Could uh, get into Magic and then you and then uh, I'd I'd have to apologize to you guys for doing that because. That's not a good way to spend your money sometimes. <laughs> but but yeah, I did a lot of that. And uh, yeah, and like I was saying, some of the famous ones are, of course, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Vanguard, Final Fantasy, and the actually recently, revi- recently revived uh, D- Digimon card game, which actually mm-hmm. is pretty fun from what I've heard. But I don't want to do one, more than one card game at a time because I want some money in my life. So, uh, during the pandemic, though, the, the hobby really expo- exploded massively, particularly for the Pokemon TCG. If you've ever been to Target or any other stores in the morning that sells these cards, you sometimes see people camping out to get the latest shipment of cards. And it's really kind of funny, especially if they start fighting each other in the parking lot, oh my which God, my sister wow. has seen several people do. That's like a throwback to when Pokemon was super popular um, back in the late 90s. Wow. Yeah, so but mostly it's the adults fighting the kids that pretty probably couldn't get it because all the adults are collecting and putting these things away, flipping them. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting and sad. But uh, I I actually collect Yu Gi Oh stuff, but the thing is that weirdly enough, Yu Gi Oh is is a really expensive uh, collecting game, even more than Pokemon in some aspects. Like uh, it actually surprised me. He's like, oh, no one really cared about it, but apparently. Uh, Apparently, it's still pretty big, surprisingly enough. So, uh, I'm almost to my guard cards. Get all those, and I'll be good to go. But uh, got got one more left. Got one more left. But uh, yeah, um, in Greed Island, really, the main objective for the players is to collect all the sets of cards to win the game, while using said cards to battle one another to survive. Typically, using spells to hinder or harm other players or buff the user to some extent. And really, the closest uh, trading card style game I see that relate to. Greed Island is, of course, Magic the Gathering. And I guess some background to the game. In, in Magic the Gathering, the I guess the end meta universe is the players that are playing are Planeswalkers, really a powerful sorcerer who s- summons creatures and casts spells in order to defeat another Planeswalker in a duel. You can use said cards to hinder other players or support yourself. Playing instant card speeds, which save you on the fly from things that are coming at you. Sorcery cards, which can be played on your turn. 
Summon, summon creatures to defend and attack another player or artifact or enchantment cards which can support or hinder creatures or help yourself. The real difference in Greed Island is that every card that's played at... The only difference in Greed Island is that every card is really played at instant speed, which means you can use any card at any time and don't have to wait like turns for you to play them because MTG is, of course, turn-based, a turn-based card game while Greed Island is a on-the-fly, real-time card game in its nature, of course. And then uh, with with MTG, you typically have 20 life points for each player, but in Greed Island, you really only have one life point, a.k.a. you living or dying. <laughs> so um, it's funny because I like to say with the popularity of MTG in, in Japan, which also influenced Pokemon, which at the time was run by Wizards of the Coast at the time, which also, funny enough, runs Magic the Gathering. I was about to say. Massively- <laughs> huh? I was about to say, yeah, Wizards of the Coast and Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and they actually did that initially with Pokemon until it went over to the Pokemon Company. And then, uh, of course, Magic also massively influenced Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is really seen as a ripoff of MPG, MTG emission, which is seen as a ripoff initially of MPG. Fuck, what can I talk today? Which is, what Yu-Gi-Oh! is seen, which Yu-Gi-Oh! is seen as a ripoff of Magic the Gathering initially during the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga. When they sort of introduced it as a card game for Yugi to kill the other player with again, that yeah, was that's so the, intense. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with I think Wizards of the Coast is that they say that everything's a ripoff of Magic, but like, is is it though? <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Magic: The Gathering is also a a spinoff and a way of of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? So, which is also weirdly enough owned by Wizards of the Coast. Wait, huh. Wizards of the Coast does D anD D. Yeah, I believe I believe Wizards of the Coast does do does do D and D. Interesting. Yeah, Wizards of the Coast does indeed own D and D right now. Oh, but in the past, or is it just now that it's it's their uh, their intellect? No, they own D and D. Oh wow, that's crazy. That is a uh, yeah. They they actually do own that, so they're 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 they have the monopoly on it, and that's probably why they don't get sued for it. And actually, <laughs> funny story with Yu Gi Oh. Uh, they actually had to change the because Yu Gi Oh they have magic and magic and trap cards. They actually mm-hmm. had to change the magic cards to spell cards because they're afraid of getting uh, sued by MTG for that because they definitely have some. Uh, they're definitely uh, very uh, sue happy in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if it wasn't actually a card game that was being published and released in the U.S., they probably wouldn't have cared if it just had stayed a manga or an anime. With, yeah, I guess, so the it's a... Uh, hmm. They probably yeah. don't even have any rights over it if it was just used in the manga or anime, like a similar card style i don't know i'm not super a big fan of um being so sue happy as a company because like i don't know you, you kind of prevent like other creative people from doing things even if it's coincidence or even if you take inspiration from like i don't know i have i have some qualms with that kind of model yeah unfortunately in this capitalist society it's sued or be sued in some aspects <laughs> And it de- it definitely hurts, especially for things that are abandoned wear, which is stuff that really isn't going to be used or hasn't been used in years. Where if somebody really wants to buy the rights, they can own it. So there's there's definitely some reforms that need to be done in, our, in the copyright aspects. But you know, uh, as long as big studios have big money, they're not going to give up the rights to renew stuff for life times a bajillion years. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, um, I, I just move on with that. Uh, yeah, it's really, MGG was really big in Japan and that probably was the biggest influence of, it seemed, at least seemingly the biggest influence of Greed Island itself, where it's really, really, card games are really vastly popular in the 90s and extent today. So I think Takashi thought it was a great influence for the story of Reed Island is of using these card these cards as a mechanic in some aspects. All right, so that about wraps up with the uh, with with the uh, research topic. Uh, did you guys have any questions or anything about the card games or any of the games itself? And I, I know I went to a big tangent with the the card game stuff, so. I don't have too many questions. Yeah, I'm interested to see it actually play out in the in the in the actual anime in the series because it's interesting how they apply those to action. You know, because um, when we heard about the concept of Yu Gi Oh, I was like, "What the heck is this?" They how they illustrated it and showed like. The motions of the cards showing down, and then the actual action of like the characters that embody those cards, I thought was super cool. So I'm like, is this going to be the same with Hunter Hunter, or is there going to be some actual like card slapping on the ground as I slap you in the face sort of deal? Um, <laughs> You'll see. It's really interesting. I I really am excited to see what you think of the the card mechanics. But if they actually went full Yu Gi Oh, I would literally it would literally be the best arc. Or, or the worst, I think, in my opinion. Uh. <laughs> no, nah, it's definitely the best. Definitely. But, but anyways, uh, yeah. So that's that's about it for the research topic. Uh, if, if anybody else, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see really play out in a way. Yeah, uh, it's the I love this. I love this upcoming arc. Uh, it, I think everyone will too. Um, who is it that doesn't like this arc? Is it Joe? Oh no, Joe doesn't Joe. like the Hunter exam. Joe doesn't like anything. <laughs> Joe sucks. No, hi Joe. Um, but uh, this arc is is a lot of fun, I think, and it, it it's kind of what I don't know. It's been kind of building to at least this moment, and then beyond this. This arc is kind of short, I think, or it feels short because I enjoy it so much, but. I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good time. All right. So yeah, that, that about wraps it up. Uh, if you guys have any questions or want to chime in online, feel free to reach out to us on our social media pages to ask us about it or correct me on some of my research because it may or may not be some of them might not may or might be correct. Uh, but hopefully, it all is. And if it does, that's that's great. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat over our Facebook or our Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, we finally did it and we started a Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. Throw us some cash for hosting fees and equipment and join our patron-only Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, UU, and much more. Speaking of the Discord, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us in another way and give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Um, send us a link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect the two together. Um, and then we got you. Each review helps get a, gets us surfaced to tens or hundreds more people. 
Um, also, today's outro music was made by Studio Megaane. Check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. See you on the other side. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Guys, this is like the 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 shortest episode we've had in like years. <laughs> Thank you.